Music marks the times of our lives, reminds us of days gone by, and inspires today's and tomorrow's hits. Hi, I'm Dee Dwayne, and welcome to The Real Deal, spotlighting the best music and the biggest artists of yesterday, providing an insight of just what made them so great. When God was handing out excellent and distinctive singing voices, Patti LaBelle must have been the first in line. Her pitch is powerful, her tonal range and breath control is amazing, and her energy and emotion is boundless. All of this before she even kicks her shoes off. Because when she kicks her shoes off, well, <laughs> I'll tell you more about that later. In a career that has spanned more than 50 years, she has sold more than 50 million records worldwide. Patti LaBelle has been inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the Apollo Theater Hall of Fame, and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 2005, the World Music Awards recognized her years in the music business by awarding her the Legend Award. Possessing the voice of a soprano, Patti LaBelle was included on the Rolling Stone magazine's list of 100 greatest singers. Commonly identified as the godmother of soul, here comes the Real Deal's presentation of the life and the music of Miss Patti LaBelle. Patti LaBelle was born Patricia Louise Holt on May 24, 1944 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the third of four girls to Henry and Bertha Holt. Her father was a railroad worker and her mother a loving housewife. Despite enjoying her childhood, Patti would later write in her memoirs, Don't Block the Blessings, that her parents' marriage was abusive. When Patti was seven, she was molested by a family friend. At the age of 12, her parents' marriage came to an end, though Patty remained very close to her father. Patty joined the local church choir at the Beulah Baptist Church at the age of 10 and performed her first solo two years later. Patty grew up listening to secular music styles such as R&B and jazz music. When she was 15, she won a talent competition at her high school. This success led to Patty forming her first singing group, The Ordettes, in 1960 with schoolmates Gene Brown, Yvonne Hogan and Johnny Dawson. The group with Patty as front woman became a local attraction until two of its members left the group to get married. In 1962, the Ordettes included three members, Cindy Birdsong, Sarah Dash and Nona Hendrix. Later that year, they auditioned for local record label owner Harold Robinson. Mr. Robinson agreed to work with the group after Patty began singing the song, I Sold My Heart to the Junk Man. Initially, Mr. Robinson didn't want to sign Patty due to him feeling that Patty was too dark and too plain. Shortly after signing them, he had them record as the Blue Bells and they promoted the song I Sold My Heart to the Junk Man. The song also was recorded by the Starlets but was assigned to the Blue Bells single due to a label conflict. The Starlets manager sued Harold Robinson after the Blue Bells were seen performing a lip sync version of the song on American Bandstand. After settling out of court, Mr. Robinson altered the group's name to Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells. In 1963, the group scored their first hit single with the ballad Down the Aisle, The Wedding Song, which became a crossover top 40 hit on the pop and R&B charts released by King Records. Here's the song that started it all for Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells, right here on The Real Deal.
1965, the group moved to New York and signed with Atlantic Records, where they recorded 12 singles for the label. The group's Atlantic tenure included their rendition of Over the Rainbow, a song that was made famous by Judy Garland in the Wizard of Oz movie. In 1967, Cindy Bergsong left the group to join the Supremes, and by 1970, the group had been dropped from Atlantic Records as well as their longtime manager, Bernard Montague. It was a difficult time for the group. Here's Patti LaBelle and Cindy Birdsong discussing the departure of Cindy Birdsong. Uh, when Cindy Birdsong left the group, it was a shock. It was a painful decision for me to make, and there was a lot of animosity because of it, and a lot of bad feelings for a while. We got a call before our show started saying that she was in Detroit, she was with the Supremes now, and forced to find a replacement. And it was that cold and dry. And I couldn't believe it. I said, am I hearing right? And they told us that she's gone. When I left the group, I was away from them totally for a year, not even a phone call or a note. So that probably was very hurtful to them. I was so glad to meet up with the girls one year after the fact and settle things, you know, just talk out things. And I said, Cindy, I don't have a problem with you going with them. It's just that it could have been done in a different fashion. You could have told us that you had an offer, and I would have understood. I wouldn't have been happy, but I would have said, go. I would never do anything like that right now, ever again, because truly that was an act of betrayal on my part, I thought. An act of betrayal. Well, later that same year, Vicki Wickham, producer of the United Kingdom music show, Ready, Steady, Go, agreed to manage the group after Dusty Springfield mentioned signing them. Wickham's first direction for the group was to change their name to simply LaBelle and advise the group to renew their act, going for a more homegrown look and sound that reflected psychedelic soul. LaBelle signed with the Warner Music imprint Track Records and released their self-titled debut album in 1971. The group's psychedelic soul sound and its blending of rock and soul rhythms was a departure from the group's earlier sound. In 1973, influenced by glam rockers David Bowie and Elton John, Vicki Wickham had the group dressed in silver spacesuits and luminescent makeup. <laughs> LaBelle signed with Epic Records and in 1974 released their first and biggest successful album to date, Nightbirds, which blended soul, funk, and rock music thanks to the album's producer, Alan Trusant. The single Lady Marmalade would become their biggest selling single going number one on the Hot 100 and selling well over a million copies as did the album Nightbirds, which later earned a gold album award for sales of a million units. In October of 1974, LaBelle made pop history by becoming the first rock and roll vocal group to perform at the Metropolitan Opera House. Riding high on the success of Lady Marmalade and the Nightbirds album, LaBelle made the cover of Rolling Stone magazine in 1975.
Now I just gotta tell you about my first time seeing LaBelle live in concert and Patti LaBelle kicking off her shoes. A friend of mine gave me two tickets on the night of the show because for some reason he couldn't go. Now I had heard of LaBelle and Lady Marmalade, but to be honest with you, I really wasn't a big fan. The seats were excellent, only four rows from the stage and the band was kicking right off the bat. Nona Hendrix, Sarah Dash and Patti LaBelle sang up a storm. Toward the end of the show, Patti LaBelle was bringing the house down when all of a sudden she flipped her foot upward and her right shoe went flying into the air and landed right in front of the set of drums. She had a serious look on her face and I thought it was an accident. She kept on singing while clip-clopping across the stage with only one shoe on. <laughs> Finally, she got to the most emotional part of the song and started shaking her head back and forth and then WOOM! The other shoe goes flying in the air and the whole crowd just stood up and cheered. <laughs> it was amazing and I've never seen anything like it before or since. Needless to say, I may not have been a big fan when I got there, but I sure was one when I left. The group LaBelle released two more albums, Chameleon and Phoenix, in 1975 and 1976 respectively. While both albums continued the group's critical success, None of the singles issued on those albums ever crossed over to the pop charts. By 1976, Patty, Nona, and Sarah began arguing over the group's musical direction. Personal difficulties came to a head during a show in 1976 in Baltimore, Maryland. That evening, Nona Hendricks went backstage and injured herself during a nervous breakdown. Following the incident, Patty Lavelle advised the group to separate. In the summer of 1982, while on break from her performances on the Broadway play, Your Arms Are Too Short to Box With God, Patti LaBelle entered Sigma Sound Studios to record with the writing team of Dexter Wanzell and Cynthia Biggs. During those recording sessions, Wanzell and Biggs presented Patti LaBelle with a mid-tempo tune called If Only You Knew, about a person seeking an unsuspecting love interest. At first, LaBelle sought to record the song in a straightforward approach. However, Wanzell wanted LaBelle to perform it at her mid-range while smiling because her vocals were clearer when she smiled. If Only You Knew was released as the album's official first single in 1983, spending four weeks at number one on the R&B charts during January and February of 1984, marking her first solo crossover pop hit.
Patti LaBelle began taking part in films, participating in her first acting role in the acclaimed film A Soldier's Story. Around the same time, producers of the film Beverly Hills Cop were putting together a soundtrack album for the film and called on LaBelle to record two songs for the soundtrack. New Attitude, a song about a woman changing her outlook on life both emotionally and physically, was produced by Harold Faltermeyer. The song was different from Patti LaBelle's previous recordings, which had been mostly pop ballads. My name is Dee Dwayne and you're listening to The Real Deal as we present the music and the life of Patti LaBelle. Okay, let's see just how much you really know about Patti LaBelle. Here are five things that you as well as I probably didn't even know about Patti. Number one, her father Henry Holt was a railroad worker and a lounge singer. Number two, around 1964, Patti LaBelle was engaged to Otis Williams, the founding member of The Temptations. Did you know that? I didn't know that. 
they broke it off due to scheduling conflicts. Number three, Patti LaBelle and the Bluebells were the first African-American vocal group to appear on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Number four, in 2008, the group LaBelle reunited after more than 32 years. They released their acclaimed Back to Now album and also kicked off a successful reunion tour. And number five, Patti LaBelle has sold more than 50 million records worldwide. With her partnership with Walmart, she has also sold a whole lot of sweet potato pies too. In fact, a Walmart executive stated that for 72 hours, they were selling one pie per second. That works out to be just under $1 million in sales in a three-day time span. Woohoo! Patti LaBelle on The Real Deal. Stir It Up is the second single by Patti LaBelle from the motion picture soundtrack Beverly Hills Cop, which also won a Grammy Award for Best Album of an Original Score. The single is also the second cup of a couple of songs that she recorded for MCA Records immediately after signing her new contract with the company. Her first full-length album for MCA, Winner in You, would follow that next year. My name is Dee Dwayne, and you're listening to The Real Deal right here on TheHot12.com. Patti LaBelle released her best-selling solo album to date titled Winner in You. The album reached number one on the pop charts. The album included the international number one hit On My Own. The success of Winner in You would prove to be the peak of her solo success. On My Own was a number one hit duet by Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald. 
The song was written and produced by Burt Backrack and Carol Bayer Sager and was originally recorded by Dionne Warwick for inclusion on her album. The song became the biggest hit single for both of the singers, reaching number one on the Hot 100 chart for three weeks. The song was initially not intended to be a duet at all, but Patti LaBelle decided to invite Michael McDonald to help turn the song into a duet. She stated, quote, the song was sent to me and I did a version of it, but somehow it just didn't quite work. We were going over things that I had done and we talked about turning it into a duet. Someone asked, if you could do this song with anyone, who would you sing it with? And Michael McDonald, she says, was my first choice.
1982, Patti LaBelle's eldest sister, Vivian, died of lung cancer at the age of 42. In 1984, she lost her second eldest sister, Barbara, to colon cancer. A year later, she lost her mother, Bertha, to diabetes. And in 1989, her father, Henry, passed away to emphysema brought on by complications of Alzheimer's disease and her younger sister, Jackie, to lung cancer. Patti LaBelle dedicated her album, Burning, to her. Somebody Loves You Baby is one of Patti LaBelle's signature songs released as a single in 1991 on the MCA Records label. The song was the second single to be released from LaBelle's acclaimed gold-selling album, Burnin'. The song was co-written by LaBelle's friend and former Philadelphia international artist, Bunny Sigler, who also produced the song. The song became a smash hit for LaBelle, reaching number two on the Hot R&B chart in early 1992.
a veteran recording artist, Patti LaBelle is no stranger to theater, television, and film work as she has made her presence known in all genres of entertainment. She has appeared on Broadway in After Midnight, Fela, Patti LaBelle on Broadway, and Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. On television, just to name a few, The Patti LaBelle Show in 1985, A Different World, Out All Night, Cosby, and most recently, Empire and Dancing with the Stars. Some of her film credits include a Richard Pryor concert movie in 1979, A Soldier Story in 1984, Preaching to the Choir and Mama I Wanna Sing in 2011, also just to name a few. Contributing to the Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack, Right Kinda Lover is a song recorded and released as part of the movie's soundtrack as well as a single from her 1994 album, Gems. Patti LaBelle has seen it all in the music business. Here she is discussing how she and the group handled racism and segregation. We rode through the hate, we sang through the hate, and we all grew into fine ladies. Because you let that hate diminish you if you focus on it. You know that's the way of the world. That's the way most people are in this freaking world. They ain't gonna love you, boo. So keep on doing what you do and give them a kind word and say to them, have a good day. By 2002, Patti LaBelle had been with MCA Records for 17 years. The label had helped to increase Patti's popularity with both pop and R&B audiences, resulting in two platinum albums and four subsequent gold follow-up albums. In 2003, MCA Records was absorbed by Geffen Records, and as a result, Patti LaBelle signed with Island Def Jam, joining the Izzy Brothers as the two first acts on L.A. Reid's new imprint. Patti LaBelle went to work on her new album in 2003, and by 2004, LaBelle and Def Jam released the album titled Timeless Journey. The hit single New Day was the first hit for Patti in seven years. 
The album eventually did well on pop and R&B charts, going to number 5 on R&B. However, Patty and Def Jam fell into problems immediately after its release. Shortly after releasing 2005's Timeless Journey, Patty LaBelle told reporters that she was unceremoniously kicked off the label by L.A. Reid. After a public spat, L.A. Reid renegotiated a new contract with LaBelle in 2007. Exceptionally gifted. Those are the two words that come to my mind when describing Patti LaBelle. Her voice is instantly recognizable, powerful, and spiritual. Her personality is warm, welcoming, and real. She has excelled in music, theater, television, and film. That alone is exceptionally rare. She's got cookbooks, sauces, and don't forget about those fabulous sweet potato pies. She's constantly making public appearances, giving interviews, performing on tour, and working on a variety of projects, and at the age of 72, she shows no signs of slowing down. As lead singer of the trend-setting group LaBelle, Patti LaBelle has been called one of the pioneers of the disco movement due to singles such as Lady Marmalade and Messing With My Mind. In turn, Lady Marmalade has also been called one of the first mainstream disco hits. Rolling Stone magazine included Patti LaBelle in its 100 Greatest Singers list in 2011, citing her as an influencing factor to generations of soul singers, including Luther Vandross, Alicia Keys, Mary J. Blige, and Christina Aguilera. Patti LaBelle has won several Grammys, seven NAACP awards, 
and 14 Lifetime Achievement Awards. In February 2015, she was announced as one of the celebrities who would compete on the 20th season of Dancing with the Stars. Patti LaBelle has constantly toured the United States, selling out shows in various markets. In 2012 and 2014, she appeared with Frankie Beverly and Mays on cross-country U.S. tours. In 2015, Patti made a guest appearance on the TV mega-hit Empire as herself. She's scheduled to be a key advisor on the NBC series The Voice. Patti LaBelle is a mover and a shaker. She doesn't sit down for long and she's one of the few singers that can still give me chills when she sings those powerful ballads. Her energy is down to earth and real. In other words, Patti LaBelle is the real deal. My name is Dee Dwayne, and thank you for listening. The Real Deal is produced by Melody Productions, and we welcome your comments and ideas for future shows. We'd love to hear from you, so click that Contact Us button on this website and drop us a line. Always keep it real, and thanks again for listening to The Real Deal.